Welcome to Fellowship 1-7, a biblical podcast from Child Evangelism Fellowship for the Christian community. On this podcast, we discuss various biblical topics, passages, and truths, and how those truths have impacted the lives of people around the world. I'm your host, Elizabeth Griggs. We're speaking with Jeremy Lloyd again, and we're discussing the deity and personality of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Um, Jeremy, could you kind of reintroduce yourself just really quick and then refresh our memory a little bit of what we talked about last time? Sure. So I'm one of the editors here at CEF, kind of a, a new guy, still been here about six months, and edit anything from podcast scripts to video scripts and booklets that we do. And last time we talked about the how to prove that the Holy Spirit and Christ are both deity, that they are God, one of the three persons of the Godhead. And we, we looked at passages for Jesus, such as John 1, and as well as how Isaiah 6 and John 12 coordinate together to show that Jesus is, is God, what the angels refer to as Yahweh there in, that, in chapter 6. For the Holy Spirit, we looked at the passage with Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, as well as how Paul refers to the believer's body as the temple of God, as well as the temple of the Holy Spirit, using those interchangeably there in 1 Corinthians 3 and 6. Okay, so to kind of piggyback off of that, uh, we're going to go into kind of talking about how the roles of the Holy Spirit and Jesus kind of intersect. So um, could you kind of elaborate on that maybe, you know, how does or what does Jesus say about a helper coming or... Yeah, so one of the things to, to look at first is, is why this, this matters sort of for, for the believer. And, and one, of the, one of the obvious things to say is that it matters because it's, it's true, and, and that's how God has revealed himself. Uh, it matters also in that it affects the way that we engage God when we, when we speak to him. When we, when we pray, for example, we pray to the Father, by the Son, through the Spirit. So we typically, when we pray, we address our prayers to, to the Father, and we're able to, to address the Father by the Son because we, we've been washed in His blood, and, and we are able to approach the, the throne of grace because of that. And then these, spirit, these prayers come through the Spirit. They're empowered by the Spirit who, who takes our prayers to, to, to the Father. And you, it, you might hear somebody in a church pray, Dear Father, and then close it in your name. And so that's that's technically not correct. We, we should we should actually be praying in Jesus' name because because the di- persons of the Trinity are are different, and, and using them correctly is it is important because that's how how God has revealed Himself, and, and the roles intersect in that they are distinct persons of the Godhead, but they act in the same way. We don't have the Father going off and doing this one thing, and the Spirit getting a different idea and going off and doing something else. God, as a Trinity, acts together. But each of the persons of Godhead have their own their own roles and their own purpose. So, for example, if we want to think about creation, so in creation the Father speaks, and the the Son is the Word. And so, when the Father speaks, obviously He speaks words. And then the Spirit is is the power of God. So this the, this Hebrew word ruach can mean breath, wind, or, or spirit. They're kind of an interchangeable interchangeable word there. So in Hebrews one. The writer of Hebrews says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And so we, we talked last time about how Christ is the word of God that, that John refers to in John 1. And so if I, if I 
had never met you before and I wanted to, to know you, I could maybe watch you from across the room and just kind of figure out, okay, she might, she's getting this to drink from the soda machine or she's wearing this color, so she might like that color. I could probably get like a really surface level understanding of who you are as a person. But the best way to get to know you is, is to talk to you, to, mm -hmm. to ask you questions and to hear you talk and, and that's how you get to know somebody. Well, that's what the Father has done by sending Jesus to us. It's, the writer of Hebrews says, he has spoken to us in these last days by his son. So everything that you wanna know about God, if you want to get to know God, you need to know the word. You need to know Jesus Christ. And you get to know him by believing in him. And then at that point, then his spirit comes and lives inside of you. And, and Jesus lives inside of you. So you, you know him on a, a very intimate, personal level. Yeah, I mean, seeing how those two roles just come together and um, like we've been saying intersect and they kind of they work alongside each other I like how you you gave that little analogy of God doesn't decide to do one thing and then the Holy Spirit's over correct. here doing his own thing correct um, it's easy it's easy to kind of see that in your brain yeah. but um, the fact that they're working in sync at all times they're not I think you touched on this last time a little bit they're not three different gods if you Correct. will they're one god um with yep. different roles i yep. guess is a better way of putting it right so and you, you asked too about how how maybe the 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 spirit glorifies the son and and how how they sort of coordinate together and mm -hmm. so uh, in john 16 verse 13 it said jesus is talking says when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. And so the Holy Spirit's job is to glorify Jesus. Yeah. And so he, he's not there to say, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm the Holy Spirit over here. Really, I mean, his point, he is to glorify Christ. That's what he is here to do. And so that is important for a few reasons. So for example, if we look at Peter, then we I heard one pastor talk about him and just say, you know, if you look at Peter, he really can be great at times, and he's the biggest klutz in the world at times <laughs> as well. He just he can't get it together sometimes. But, you know, Peter was bold. And so he, in the garden, when they were getting ready to arrest Jesus, as long as Peter was with Jesus, he was usually doing pretty well. But it's when he got away from Jesus yeah. that things started to fall apart for him. But, but man, when they came to arrest Jesus, Peter takes out that sword, and, and he, he wasn't trying to go up and cut the guy's ear off. He's trying to cut the guy's head off, and the guy just ducked. That's, that's what happened. But then uh, there was a song that my mom had me sing in church when I was a kid. It was a Southern Gospel song that talks about Peter getting out and walking on the water. And Peter gets a bad rep when you think about that story. Oh yeah, Peter, you know, he doubted and he began to sink. And Jesus said, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Well, where were the other guys? Where were the other 11 guys? They were back in the boat. Peter was the only one bold enough to step out and say, Jesus, if that's you, I, I want to walk on the water to come out to you. And, and so Peter was bold and he did that. But man, when he was without Jesus, he just, he just couldn't get it together. And this pastor said that I, I think that sometimes Peter would be Jesus would be walking down the road and Peter would just walk, walk into the back of him if he stopped, you know, because G Peter just wanted to be where Jesus was. Well, then what happens? Jesus ascends into heaven. And then you just think, oh, man, oh, man, if, if Jesus has gone into heaven, you may as well just forget about it with Peter because he's not going to be able to get it together. But then the day of Pentecost happens and, and the Holy Spirit comes upon all of the believers there and Peter stands up and gives the most 
fiery, bold sermon, he indicts everybody standing there as you are the one who with lawless hands took and crucified the Messiah. He stands up and he is bold and he proclaims Christ and that's because he had the Holy Spirit living inside of him. Sorry, I'm having so many like mind-blown moments <laughs> right now. Um, but seeing it like that, because we can read this scripture, this, you know, John 16, 13 through 15, where it talks about Jesus or the Holy Spirit pointing people back to Jesus, glorifying him, acknowledging Jesus, but then seeing it personified in Peter's life. And, you know, he he was relatively reckless mm -hmm. until he allowed Holy Spirit to come in and just, you know, live in him. And yeah. so yeah. I guess not allowed, but he he was willing. Yeah, and, and he if you look at what the Bible talks about, about someone being spirit-controlled, and, and the opposite of that, uh, maybe maybe if you think of somebody who is completely controlled by powers of darkness, for example, a lot of times that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, Satan is using you like a glove and he's moving your hands. Or it just means right. that you are completely giving your affections and your actions and your desires over to whatever you want to do, to whatever darkness that you want to pursue. And being spirit-controlled, Holy Spirit-controlled, is, is the exact opposite. You are being controlled by the Spirit, and He is uh, helping you to push sin away from your life. He's helping you to be bold when you need to be bold. He's helping you maybe to be humble and to pull back a little bit when your tendency, like Peter, might be to go and just cut the guy's ear off right. or something like that. And so he helps you to pull back when, when you need to. So it's being spirit-controlled and listening to, to the spirit inside the believer. It's almost like that's part of the fruit of the spirit. Yeah, almost. <laughs> almost, yeah. A little bit self-control there. Yes. So um, to kind of piggyback off of that again, this is just, it's all dovetailing so nicely. Uh, when, what do you think it means when we say that the Holy Spirit seeks to occupy us with Christ and not with ourselves or our experiences? You kind of touched on that, but yeah. would you care to elaborate a little bit more? Yeah, and so in, in the same way that the Holy Spirit comes to, to glorify Christ and not, not himself, he wants us to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So he, he doesn't want us to, to talk about this lived experience that we have and therefore go and do likewise. He wants us to do whatever will glorify Christ. And so we are at this, we're pretty shallow. There's not, a, I mean, we're, we are fallen creatures and mm -hmm. Christ is so much more wonderful and glorious than we are. So why would we seek to, to be about ourselves when we can be about someone infinitely greater than we are? And the Holy Spirit helps to point us in that direction and to think about him and to occupy our thoughts and minds with him. Because, not because he wants to be a killjoy and doesn't want us to be happy, but because being satisfied and thinking about ourselves and talking about ourselves is never going to satisfy us forever. Right. Jesus is the only one who can satisfy our souls forever. So you never, if you've ever gone to the Grand Canyon, I haven't, I've seen pictures, I would love to go one day. I saw this picture of the Grand Canyon where it said, don't take any pictures and for five minutes just stand here and look. And so if you go to the Grand Canyon and you just see this massive, amazing piece of God's world, nobody's going to stand there and think, man, I am awesome. <laughs> that thought's never going to come into anybody's mind because you are face-to-face -face with something so much more massive and impressive and significant than you are that thinking about how great you are is, is the furthest thing from your mind. And you're happier when you do that. 
And that's the thing of it, that God helps us to forget ourselves. The Holy Spirit helps us to put ourselves away and to put Christ before our face because he is the only thing that can satisfy us forever. Yeah, and that's that's a really good point, especially with the Grand Canyon analogy. I went to a smaller canyon out in Arizona not that long ago, and it was only about a mile, mile up and down. But just seeing that even mm-hmm. was awe-inspiring, yeah. you know, and to think, you know, I get to take part in this. I get to see this. It doesn't make you, like you said, it doesn't make you sit there and be like, oh, my goodness, I'm such an amazing person right. just for standing on the edge of this cliff and seeing this beautiful creation. It, it really helps you see just a small glimpse of God's creativeness and his you know, amazing power. Yeah, and even, even if we think about heaven and what it'll be like in heaven, I mean, yes, going and being with people that, that we love who've gone before us is going to be great. Having our own particular place in heaven mm-hmm. that Jesus has custom made for us, that's going to be fantastic. All of those things are going to be great, but they're not the main purpose. That's yeah. not the goal. God said, I will be their God, and I will be with them. That's the point. You know, if I, I can go home today, and if my wife and kids aren't there, well, you know, I've still got a house, I got a roof, and I got, you know, I've got my things that I enjoy and that, that please me, but if my wife and kids aren't there, it's a much less satisfying place. Yeah. Because the, the purpose of having those things is, that's not the main point of, of having a family and, and being married. It's, it's to have my wife. It's to have my kids. You can take that house and mm-hmm. set it on fire. You can take everything in that house. Give me my wife and kids and, because I don't, I don't want any of that stuff in any comparison with, with how much I love them. It's the same with God. Right, right. So in recent years, we've, we've kind of seen how, I mean, not just in recent years, obviously we have scripture and stories in years past, but how have we seen the Holy Spirit testify to Christ in recent years, specifically with CEF, because we want to kind of point everything back to our ministry with kids and how this is our focal point. Um, How have we seen the Holy Spirit testify to Christ? I think the most obvious way is is the salvations that that we have seen. So Mm -hmm. in last year in 2022, we had over 6 million professions of faith worldwide as an organization, which is just, it's a staggering number Mm -hmm. and we had even more millions that that we were able to reach last year and that doesn't happen by accident i mean yes there's a lot of human effort and and human diligence that that goes into that but it's the it's the spirit that that calls the people to to christ and the same way that the the spirit is going to point people to christ once he lives inside of them he's going to do the same but as he as he's calling them and I think it was Paul said in one of the New Testament passages that it's it's as if when we're sharing the gospel that God is pleading through us to, yeah. to come to Christ. And so that's what the Holy Spirit does is that when we're sharing the gospel, the, the Spirit is calling them, come to Christ, see Christ, see him as lovely and worthy of your affection and, and, your, and giving your life to him. And, and praise God, over six million yeah. children last year came to Christ and, and hopefully millions more this year and in the years to come. Yeah, being able to partner. This is kind of a, a neat perspective that you gave, um, which is, you know, based in scriptures, you said, but being able to partner with Christ and work with him in this. It's not our effort. We could never do this on our own. It is entirely God moving in his people. And and he allows us to come alongside him and work with him. Christ is going to build his church. So if if CEF said no, 
he'd find another way. Oh yeah, he, for so sure. it, he doesn't ultimately depend on us to do it. He uses us to accomplish his purposes. And Christ is going to build his church and, and praise God. He allows us to, to come alongside, join yeah. the army of Christ and, and go out there and make more young warriors for Christ. Yeah. And list them. It's, it's an awesome, awesome opportunity. Um, well, thank you for joining us again sure. and sharing your perspective on all of this and all of your knowledge. Uh, it's been very insightful and fun listening yes, to. I enjoy fun. it. Uh, if you would like to learn more about who CEF is and what we believe, you can visit cefonline.com slash about. This will also be linked in the show notes. Be sure to check out Unite Kids Radio, where we unite kids with the gospel through adventures and foundational biblical truths. Give us a like and subscribe to keep up to date on both this podcast and our kids program. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.